You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash unfiltered. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. Okay, Ulysses, it is a Monday, which means uh, at least for the last several weeks, we have been doing our takeaways, our observations, and what we learned from the weekend, other news and notes. So I am very curious to hear what you came up with from this past weekend, what you learned in baseball land, Rays land, so on and so forth. Well, last week, my takeaway was centered on the rotation, on how this year might be a good good idea to share the load and get a couple of guys that can, and by couple, I mean a few guys that can give you right. 80 to 100 innings instead of three or four that can get you 150, 180. Um, and that's exact, exactly what they did during this weekend. Uh, the signings of Rich Hill for $2.5 million and Colin McHugh, $1.8 million. Uh, the race have essentially turned that Charlie Morton money of $15 million into Chris Archer, Colin McHugh, Rich Hill, and Michael Walker. Yes. So you got those four guys for the Charlie Morton money, $13.8 million to be exact. So that's pretty savvy now, but will it work? That, that's, that's the biggest thing. Is this going to be effective? Now, I don't think any of these guys, Archer, Waka, Hill, or McHugh, are going to be as productive and have a better season individually than what Charlie Morton could do if Charlie is obviously um, healthy. Right. But by doing this, they're kind of giving themselves enough of a cushion that if one of these guys falters, there's another one with veteran experience right beside them. And if it's not a veteran, then they have a young arm who is talented and who won't have so much pressure because they don't, they don't have to do the Brendan McKay act of 2019 of like, Hey, you just join the rotation, go, go figure it out. Um, that, that won't have to happen to Fleming, McClanahan, Patino, whoever it is that that's going to be uh, called up from, from the young guys. So, I think it's a low risk, you know, um, signings, all of these. Right. I'm bunching all these four guys in there, Waka, Archer, uh, Hill and McHugh, but high reward because ultimately if they can give you the 80 to 100 innings per guy, uh, then, then that's taken care of. Uh, yeah. So I think a positive ultimately with these signings. Yeah, you know what? I am intrigued now, and I know it took sort of the 11th hour before getting to spring training, but they made some, I think, like you said, savvy moves here. Now, we have to remember a lot of these guys, you're kind of shopping on the has-beens aisle. You're, mm-hmm. you're purchasing Toyotas at the used car lot, which have 130,000 <laughs> miles on them, but who knows? You Hey, that thing could go for another 100,000 miles. We That's don't right. know. 
But, you know, I do like in theory what the Rays are doing. Look, I, as much as the next guy would have liked to see Charlie Morton in a Rays uniform in 2021, but in essence, they're trading out. This year has always been about, we're going from 60 games to 162. How are we in God's name Mm -hmm. going to cover these innings? Because Charlie Morton, if healthy, assuming he's fully healthy, he's going to give you what? 175 max, maybe 160, maybe 180, somewhere in that range. Whereas you've, you've got these four guys, Waka, Archer, Hill, and McHugh combined, you would expect at least 375, 400 innings, if not more. I mean, if Waka stays healthy, maybe he gives you 120. If Archer is good to go, maybe he gives you 125, 130. Right. Bill McHugh, 80 to 100, something along those lines, if not more. So I do like it from that perspective of they've got a lot of guys that will be able to cover a lot of innings. And, you know, I... I, I'm kind of conflicted on this because I do think the moves are solid, like signing Rich Hill for a one-year, $2.5 million deal. That's good. McHugh, $1.8 million. That's good. But like I saw some things on Twitter from the Rays fan base out there, and they're like, I mean, look, I think it's a good move, good moves that they've done here, but let's not act like this is just, oh, my gosh, this is going to put the Rays over the top. This is going to take them to the championship. Like people, oh, my. Right. like. Go nuts! We got forty-one-year-old Rich Hill, who has elbow and shoulder issues, and I mean, why didn't the Twins bring him back? That—that's something Look, to be considered too. So there's risk. I mean, you're—you're you're right. It is low risk, high reward because these are cheap signings in comparison to yeah, are. the rest of baseball. Very yeah. cheap, but I mean, these guys, all of them have health issues in recent health issues. And that's something that it's a gamble with that perspective. There's a reason why they're cheap, right? I mean, if the market tells you what you're supposed to be worth out there as a free agent, and you're signing for 2.5 mil instead of 10 mil, there has to be a reason why. Is it your injuries uh, in, in the past? Is it your age? Um, is it the fact that you don't perform as well as you have in the past? I mean, all of these things factor into the fact that you're now worth $2.5 million and you're now worth $1.8 million and now you're worth $6.5 million or $3 million, like all all those four four guys. So I do understand your uh, frustration because I am also in that camp, Kevin, look at that. Um, I am also frustrated because it's, we will never say that this front office hasn't done and it's a spectacular job since 2007. They've done amazing things. They've also done negative things. Like, you know, uh, everybody remembers the drafts from 2010 to 2015. Right. <laughs> Not great, Bob. But anyway, they've done a really great job overall. A fantastic job. That's an issue, though, in and of itself, because it's that old joke uh, that you said, you know, a few months ago. Um, oh, who do the Ra- who do the Rays even get? But I know that they won the trade. Right. This reputation, these uh, has now preceded them so much that every signing, every trade, it seems like the fandom's like, oh, put us over the top. Oh, we're the best now. It's like, right? Not exactly. Not exactly. I mean, you 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 can't look at Colin McHugh and Rich Hill and say, oh, this is the World Series material now. You can say, okay, I'm glad that we have 
guys that can provide possibly 80 to 100 innings. I'm glad that we're not putting Patino out there for 150 innings. I'm glad that a guy with the stuff that Tyler Glass now has, that who has never pitched 111 innings, more than that, in the major leagues, is not going to be asked to provide 190. I'm glad right. about that. I'm glad about these signs. But with you, it, this, this doesn't necessarily make, make the Rays – a better team than 2020 or 2019 still. I'm, I'm still on the boat. This 2021 team is going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a pioneering yes. team like the 2018 was. Uh, but it, it's going to have a record alike the 2018. A 90-win team that could sneak in or that could just be right outside the, the right. playoff door. Yeah. Right now, I don't consider them to be the favorite for the AL East, but a lot of things can happen between now and 162 ball games for sure. And I, I do like what the Rays essentially have done. Let's keep in mind too, though, that it's not like Rich Hill and Colin McHugh were the Rays first choices here. They had made mm-hmm. hard pushes for Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyon and Joe Musgrave. So let's also put that into perspective as uh, too. what, what I do like about Hill and McHugh, of course, what they bring as far as, off-speed stuff, veteran presence, and the fact that they have been very successful in the postseason, too. They do have pretty solid postseason pedigrees. Rich Hill, especially, 53 postseason innings, 306 ERA. Um, But you mentioned pioneering. This could be the year where we find out maybe teams like the Rays and maybe some others follow suit. Maybe you only have one or two true starters, and then the rest Mm -hmm. of your pitching staff is bulk guys and then you've yeah. got one inning relievers because I could see legitimately 10 to 12 guys if not more that could go 100 innings for you I mean yeah. you go down the list and let's remember like you, you talk about Fleming and, and Trevor Richards and Luis Patino they might give him 100 innings they signed Andrew Kittredge on a minor league deal he could get called up and give right. you some innings there too so I think they're really going to to be creative with how they they do this look I would have loved to see you know it's kind of like, take your pick. Would you rather have Blake Snell and Charlie Morton or Chris Archer, Michael Walker, Colin McHugh, Rich Hill, and Luis Patino? It, five for two. It, it's, it's more about, I think, quantity in this sense to get through 162 than, than quality at the end of the day. And, and Kevin, I don't think that that is a bad question to ask the race fandom. What would you rather have, Snell and Morton or these four guys, Waka, McHugh, Hill, and Archer. Uh, I don't think that's a bad question. I also don't think it would be a bad thing as a race fan to pick one or the other. Hey, I, I, I do like yeah. Snell and, and Morton better. Or, hey, I'd rather get the, the, the four guys because injuries from Snell and, and Morton worry me. I'm sorry. I'm going to take the, the, right. the four guys because it's bulk, whatever it is. Those are the kinds of of opinions that we need to have as fans and and, and especially race fans out there, but in a a polite and and, and a better way with evidence and backing up discussions. And I know what you're talking about on Twitter. Uh, I think uh, the race Twitter is usually better than most other fandoms out there. Right. um, Because other fandoms are just just plain toxic. But there is some toxicity, of course, with... um, with race fandom. And it's a shame because, you know, you, you like this team, you, you like people that root for the team that you'd like. Right. And so when you see that toxicity on social media, it, it, it is a turn off for sure. I got the feeling that 
when the Rays announced the signing of Rich Hill over the weekend, or when it was, I guess, reported that people, people thought this was like Garrett Cole coming to the Rays. Like yeah. let's cool our jets yeah. right. a little bit with this. I love what he brings to the table from the left side and different arm slots. And the fact that he throws his off speed just as much as the fastball and he's reinvented yeah. himself and everything like that. That's great. I can't wait to see him in camp. But again, you don't know necessarily what you, he's got a very good track record, but he's also 41 years old with, injury history too so let's you, and were, you know what maybe this could have been something where look i know i don't know what the budget they're working with or what they were given but ideally in a perfect world it would have been and look i do love the blake snell trade and i think it's going to turn out to be a a, a win i guess in a couple of years for the Rays when we see you know if these guys develop like we expect them to but you also could have done something along the lines of, all right, we'll keep Blake Snell this season. We'll keep Charlie Morton this season. And we'll add Colin McHugh. And we'll add Rich Hill. Maybe we'll add Michael Walker. And that's not, that's what, between them, $6 million that you're adding to the payroll? And maybe right. you trade Kevin Kiermeyer or something along those lines. Or better yet, you know, as, as cutthroat as the Rays can be, they quite frankly should have just picked up Charlie Morton's option and traded him to the Braves or somebody else. And I know that's, there you that's go. heartless and you're doing, you're doing a veteran, a, a guy that's so beloved, kind of a dessert, but this is a business. This is baseball and, and worse things happen in this game too. And sometimes it's like, Hey, you're going to still get your 15 mil, but it's just not going to be on this team. And we got to get something in return for you too. But they chose to not take that route, I guess. And you know what, at the end of the day, if he was willing to play and sign with the Braves, the trade ultimately wouldn't have been so bad for him either if he's willing to sign as a free agent, yeah. correct? So, uh, you know, th there's that to be said. I look, I I'm with you, man. I, I think there's there's just this uh, unreal expectations that is that, that are just given to any trade, any signing by the Rays because of the reputation. And I think we should just tone it down a little bit. Look, it, it's exciting. I can't wait to see that fastball curveball. I can't wait to see um, the exit velocity that Rich Hill, uh, you know, gets off batters, which is less than league average. Uh, I want to see that. But, you know, if you were worried about Snell's injury pass and Charlie Morton's age and injury pass, like, oh, then it's a little bit hypocritical to say, oh, Rich yeah. Hill, oh, this is going to take us over the top. So you're not worried about a guy who's older than Charlie Morton and has had more injuries than, than Blake Snell. Yeah. And you're not worried about Chris Archer and his TOS. Right. And you're not worried about Michael Walker. And you're not worried about Colin McHugh. They're question marks for sure. But yes. they're, I guess, combined. It's still 13.8 mil compared to one guy for 15 mil. So you expect that, well, hopefully two, three guys, two or three of these guys stay healthy. Which, And I, exactly. I get what the Rays are doing. I'm intrigued and I can't wait to yeah. see it. I think it's going to, who knows, by the time you get to game 140-150, the Rays with with their bevy of arms here could be the last man standing. They might not have the, the best collection, but if they've got the fact that they've got depth here, I think speaks to something since we are going from a ramp up period of 60 to 162. One thing I'm interested in seeing uh, or just learning about and finding out about Rich Hill. Uh, he's got a, well, did you hear, have you ever heard, ever heard the story about his wife in Gillette stadium? I haven't. I thought you were going to talk about his, um, his nickname. <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's cool as well. And I wonder if that'll be used at uh, players weekend, but uh, you know, his wife, I think I'm not going to go out and call her a Karen, but her attitude at Gillette stadium uh -huh. 
at a game in December of 2019 was very Karen-esque. Oh, man. As, you know, Rich Hill got arrested in this incident. Yes. What? So his wife was under arrest, uh, or I guess maybe he was under arrest, but let's just say his wife was in violation of the NFL's stringent bag rules because she had an oversized bag, oversized purse, and she repeatedly tried to enter the stadium with massive bag. And Rich Hill was like, no, that's my wife, so on and so forth. And he gets arrested, and you know, th- there's a whole whole thing here. But oh my uh, gosh. I'll be curious to see. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe MLB relaxes rules. Maybe the TROP will relax the rules for Rich Hill and his wife. But I, I'd like to see how big this bag is, too. Well, yes, and, and I'm 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 worried about uh, Rich Hill's wife uh, going into the trap, wanting you know to to bring uh, people in, uh, in in the parking spots, and it's going to be twenty bucks, and she's not going to be happy about that, or you know, Stu's going to be like, no, pay up the the twenty bucks. We don't do yeah. the we don't do the full car free parking anymore. That's done since 2012, bud. Pay up. And how big of a bag do you need to go to a football game? Like I don't know. I, I wonder if it's know. a What's it? Maybe it was like his baseball bag that was she was she was bringing in. I don't know. Like, but it tells me. Look again. I'm not going to go out and call her a Karen, but that's a very Karen esque activity. And also the yes. fact that you probably have a huge, humongous bag that you're bringing to a football game also no speaks need. to that as well. So yeah, uh, her name is not Karen, by the way. I think it's Caitlin. Close enough. Anyway, Close enough. so Rich Hill. There we go. That's your. So your ace signing there. Look, I'm in, I'm intrigued by it. I'm intrigued, I'm intrigued. by it. And let's see it. That's the thing. Yeah, let's see it. Let's see if he and the others can stay healthy there. All right. Uh, we've got we've got uh, more on this. I've got a couple of takeaways from the weekend as well. But first, we've got to tell you about a couple of our good friends like betonline.ag. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And oh yeah, the promo code is locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious than ever before. The greatest protein bar on the planet is up to 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon, almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Uh, These delicious, delicious protein bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're low calorie. They're low sugar. They're high protein. They're high fiber. They're just flat out delicious. Um, And if you don't believe me, you know, I've got the nutrition facts right here. Coconut almond, that flavor, one of their OG flavors, um, 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, just five grams sugar, and just five grams net carbs. You know, you want some. So go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. 
Okay, Ulysses, a couple things I learned from the weekend. First off, uh, I did do a, I don't know if this is really a takeaway. It's just kind of an anecdote here. But um, the raised payroll is, I think, up to $54.5 million following these signings. So uh, Eric Neander said $65 million. So there's another $10 million of breathing room here for another big signing. I, I, oh. I can't wait to see it. Who's it going to be? Hold your pants. Or are they going to stick at 54 and a half million? Maybe they have to search Prop the bet. mattresses to find the money, but yeah. Prop bet. Prop bet. Uh, it's staying at 54, 55, whatever it is. It's not, if not going lower, no. if they trade Kiermaier or somebody. Uh, as uh, as uh, Stu would say in, tw- in, in the 2010 season, there's no $7 million closer walking in through these doors. Oh, man. Yeah. Way to quote Stu there. Did he really say that? He said that, and then they got Alfonso Soriano for uh, Rafael Soriano. Oh, sorry, Rafael Soriano for uh, seven million dollars. So look at that. That's right. Yeah. Huh? Who, who's the ten million dollar man out there still on the market? Ooh. Everybody seems to be getting scooped up. There's a lot of. There's been a like a rep, rapidity of signings. Yeah, like Justin Turner, and I. I mean, that's the the one name that comes to mind. But there's a lot of other guys that have that have picked up deals, a lot of minor league deals that have been thrown out there as well. But um, one of my takeaways also, I mean, ironically has to do with money and the raise. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough lost his arbitration case. I'm glad that this wasn't a prop bet or this wasn't an official bet on betonline.ag because I told, I said, I think I said something along the lines of take it to the bank that Ryan Yarbrough and his team will win the arbitration case and he'll get paid $3.1 million. Alas, that didn't happen. He lost his arbitration case and will make uh, a piddling $2.3 million. Still a pretty good raise from the 570K he was making, uh, which I guess was prorated too. But quite frankly, I, I really thought he was going to win this case and earn more than what G Man Choi got, which is $2.45 million. How did how did he not? I mean, who was his defense team? <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it was a pretty good, I mean, Man, we we I thought we made a pretty good case for him uh, on the show last week or, or two weeks ago, whenever it was. Uh, man, this guy has has been incredible for the Rays. Uh, just a key cog, and in 2021, you want this guy to be one of the most durable pitchers. I mean, we're talking about those other four, the four. Right. Um, you know, Yarbrough is number two in this rotation. I don't care about those other four guys. Yarbrough is number two. Okay, let's yeah. get. If race fandom needs to argue about this on Twitter, sure, argue away. But I know that I'm right when I say Ryan Yarbrough is the number two in that team. At least they're, in they're, innings pitch, he's going to probably most likely be number two, if not one, if, if Tyler Glass now goes down for some reason. Like, there you, you know, go. Ryan Yarbrough is, is probably going to give you 150 at least. I don't care about the soft tossing lefty and, oh, look, he doesn't hit 95. I don't care about that. That guy's durable. That guy knows how to pitch. He's been successful in the playoffs. He's a Tampa native, Lakeland native. Uh, it just, you know, I, I, I want to root for this guy, and I can't believe that he did not win this arbitration case. Hopefully that doesn't um, get him in a, mind, in a bad mindset for 2021 because it can yeah. happen. Uh, Odorizzi has talked about that. Drew Smiley has talked about that in the past, how it can kind of be odd playing for a team that basically just said how you're not worth what you're asking for. Uh, so hopefully no negativity will, will run out for 2021, but I'm just disappointed. Ryan Yarbrough should be getting what he asked for. 
Yeah. And he's an interesting case because he is a super two player. So he will have three more trips through the arbitration mm-hmm. process. Maybe that was part of it too. Well, the arbiters might've been like, well, he's got, he's going to have three yeah. more chances at this as well. And I'm sure the Rays harped on the fact that he had an IL stint last year. And I didn't know this until I looked it up that he had allowed a majors most seven hit batters. But if you just look strictly at the, the regular numbers and, and what he's did, done, even the, the advanced numbers, I mean, among qualified pitchers last season, only Max Fried and Kinta Maeda posted a lower hard hit rate than Yarbrough's 25.1%. Also, nobody held hitters to a lower average exit velocity than Yarbrough's 82.6 mm-hmm. miles per hour. But I think a lot of this goes back to labels. The Rays probably in arbitration were they labeled him as a reliever or a bulk reliever instead of a starter because he mm-hmm. pitched behind an opener. And no matter if you pitch five, six, seven, eight innings, eight and two thirds of an inning, almost a perfect game, you're still going to, by their vantage point, they are going to label you as a reliever. And they're going, and I think this might be the next wave if it's not already happening for the raises. They'll, they're not going to call guys starters anymore. They're, yeah. they're going to call them something else. They're, they're going to call them bulk guys. Uh, and I think, you know, if you're, if you're Brendan McKay, if you're Shane McClanahan, if you're Luis Patino, if you're Joe Ryan, look, you're pitching behind an opener. You might be pitching it's, behind two openers. You might be, you might be pitching your five innings or whatever, if that, but that that's what the Rays are doing. I think to also keep costs down in arbitration going forward. If this is what their, their strategy is. 100%. It's the new market inefficiency. You label these guys, not starters. So bulk or relievers or whatever it is, head, not headliners. And yeah. um, you keep the cost down. I mean, you, you have to do that if you're the race, unfortunately. Um, and I hate saying that, that phrase, the race have to do this. They don't have to do this, by the way. They don't have to do this. They, they're earning a profit, people. They, they can spend more money. It's their, their, their hands yeah. are not tied. Okay. But anyway, they, they, they worked with these parameters and that this is another way to keep these costs down is, is not calling these guys starters. And when they come up, it's not only not calling them starters, Kevin, but it's when they come up pitch behind an opener for a long time, Yarbrough, I mean, he didn't really graduate uh, quote unquote to be a starter until 20, the 2020 season. Uh, I mean, they did it with Trinos. They're going to do it with McKay. They're going to do it with Patino. They're going to do it with Archer. They're going to do it with other guys. Uh, you know, the young guys that, that that are not going to be free agent and will be going to arbitration. I think this is just they found a loophole that they didn't know, and until that gets fixed in the arbitration cases of looking yeah. at bulk guys and in uh, not as relievers but as important parts of of a bulk club then the Rays are going to be benefiting from this. Just like if every other team is benefited from, um, you know, calling up prospects around June so they're not super twos. Uh, that's, yeah. And every team knows that this is what they're doing. Well, the Rays just found a, a new way to save money. And other teams are going to be doing exactly that. You found a loophole, yeah. you squeeze that loophole. Yeah. And the argument that, oh, well, he doesn't throw hard then. Well, why do you give Rich Hill two and a half million dollars? Like that's the other thing too. I know Ryan Yarbrough is very level headed and very modest. I think he does. He goes about his business, but I mean, the fact that the Rays went out and brought in Michael Walker for 3 million, 3 million and change, whatever it was and and Rich Hill for 2.5 million just off the street. And now 
you're you're fighting, scratching, and clawing to to pay Ryan Yarbrough two point three million dollars instead of three point one. And at the end of the year, you could see Ryan Yarbrough have one hundred fifty, one hundred sixty innings to his name, and you might see Rich Hill with eighty innings to his name, Michael Walker with mm-hmm. hundred innings to his name. So it's if you're Yarbrough, you, you got to feel a slight there for sure, and you wonder how that that affects things from there. Look. I, I've heard about these arbitration cases. It's a toss-up. Sometimes you don't. You sit in a room and you have no idea what these guys. You you feel like you did great in your arguments, and they still go against yeah. you. Like I, I read an article on Fangraphs by Kevin Goldstein, who who used to be part of these things, and he was like, sometimes we just thought we should just put the the guy's name on the paper, what we think we should pay him, and just leave the room because our it, it seems like our arguments wouldn't matter at the end of the day. Sometimes, or they you just don't know. It, it's a almost a, a coin flip or a toss up with that. But what arbiters should be doing, if this is going to be a thing where uh, we, we call him a bulk pitcher. We, we, yeah. he's not a starter in our book. See, look, it, it says bulk pitcher doesn't say, say starter on our, on our roster here. Um, arbiter focus on the amount of innings and, and how productive those innings were. Just exactly. do that. Forget the roles, whatever it is. I, I seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy, closer, whatever you are. Look, look at the numbers and, and look at, look at some of the, the productivity, but his, his numbers speak for themselves. I think I, you can, you can go about all these labels, but it, what he's doing is working. So. And look, the numbers are there to, to, to back up Yarbrough, but even if they weren't, which again, there are, there are plenty of numbers that say that he should, should have won the case. Uh, I'm going to go back to the point that you said uh, with, with Waka, with, uh, Hill, it's and honestly, a little bit of Colin McHugh there being so close to Yarbrough. This guy yeah. has been with your team for the last three years, uh, mm-hmm. been to the postseason. I mean, he's he you're counting on him for 2021. Uh, it, it just why would you want to slight that guy for what? How much 800,000 less than a million? Yeah, uh, it, it just it just seems like a bad idea in the goodwill um department it's just it's not going to help you and and let's go back to the other point that you said neander uh mentioned earlier this year that the budget should sit around 65 million dollars you're at 54 million dollars you're not going to give this guy the less than million uh, dollar difference for the arbitration case, it just doesn't compute. Why would you want to start this year yeah. with a very important part of your rotation who you're going to need very, very much so uh, in a negative way? I just and don't And he might show up it. to spring training in a foul mood. Yeah, there's something to be said for going back to efficiency wages. Pay these guys what they think they're worth or what, I mean, reasonably what they're worth. And they they show up to work happy and a good mood. And, and I think that that's good for everybody. Yeah. Get, get closer. And then the 800 K gap, you couldn't get closer to that. You could say 2.6, 2.7. Let's and maybe agree. you, and, and, may, and you know what? And maybe you can tell me, oh, well, you know, the, the Rays actually did all the effort to get there and our Yarbrough wa- wanted to get 5 million, but that's not the, that's not the case. We know what Yarbrough wanted to be paid. The Rays could not get closer to that. I feel like sometimes we are applauding this franchise for pinching pennies and saving pennies um, more so than what, you know, what they're doing to these players. Right. Yeah. Uh, The other thing too um, that came across my mind over the weekend, uh, the spring training schedule, the revised spring training schedule that happens to have a more 
regional outlook as the Rays will be facing just the Braves, Twins, Pirates, Red Sox, and Orioles, and that at Charlotte Sports Park, uh, the amount of fans will be around the range of 1,000 to 1,500. Uh, first off, Ulysses, do you plan to go to a spring training game this year? It would be nice. It would be nice. Yeah. At least one. Um, that you know, Later in, though, I don't, I'm, I'm always more of a, a later spring trainer kind of So you can see person. more of the regulars, not the yeah. camp meet? Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I, I'm not about the 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 fifth inning, you know, and there's guys with like no names on their jerseys. That's fun for for some people, but like I want to I want to see what's going to mostly happen during the season. How how do they look? How are they running? You know, all that stuff. I, I really do enjoy. So later in the spring training schedule for sure. I think it's fun though, keeping them yeah. uh, what an hour, an hour and a half away from all the stadiums that they need to go to. Do that. Mm-hmm. Mitigate risks. I like it. Yeah. So you're, you're telling me you're not, uh, you're not going out of your way driving an hour and a half to Port Charlotte to watch Dietrich ends and Ryan bolt <laughs> and Hunter Strickland and guys of, of that ilk. You want to wait until, okay, a week before the season starts, the, 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 the real team, the, the a squad, they'll, they'll be get a, they'll be getting a little bit more PT here, a little bit more playing time. I don't want to watch. Uh, look, I, I I think David Hess has a really good, interesting story. I don't want to pit, I don't want to see him pitch in the sixth inning. In I'm not March. paying thirty five bucks to watch David Hess. I'm sorry. Right. Um, no. But out of those teams, which are which would you be most inclined to go to? Braves, Twins, Pirates, Red Sox, or Orioles for spring training? I think the Braves. The Braves are a very interesting yeah. team. Honestly, I mean, they were so close to get into the World Series. That would have been a way better matchup for the Rays. <laughs> and we know yes. that if the Braves would have gone to the World Series, the Rays could have probably gotten their first championship. And so that that sucks. Not to say that that means that the Braves are bad. I think the Braves are really good. And the Braves could be the only team in the National League to give the Dodgers a little mm-hmm. bit run for their money. Uh, I know people are saying the Padres, but I, 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 would, I would think the, the Braves are a little bit ahead than the Padres. So no, I, I would like to see, you know, the, the, the old guys, you know, TDA and Charlie Morton and, and, yes. and, and the young stars. Marcelo uh, Zuda could have been a Ray. Yeah. There, <laughs> there we go. go. No, I agree with you. I think that would be the game to watch for sure. And there's four opportunities to do that. February 28th, March 6th, March 21st, March 28th. So I think the March 21st or March 28th, those yeah. home games might be the opportunity to do that. Or I guess you could go to a road game, an Atlanta road game in Northport, which isn't, it's like what, five, 10 miles. In fact, I had to drive through their spring training complex to get to Charlotte sports park once. Did My you? Yes. Uh, rerouted me there. So you could, there, there's plenty of opportunities to see the Braves and the Raves uh, if need be. The one thing that does kind of, and, and I agree with you on all counts, probably later in spring training, uh, it, it might also depend when I'm down there because my parents live in that area and it might, there right. might be a timing thing where we, they have something going on and I can go there and catch a game, whatever it may be. Um, but I am a little bit disappointed. I really wish they could have squeezed in the Yankees. I felt like that would have been a good touch if I know it's a little bit further away, but Steinbrenner field or you it's know, in Tampa for God's sake, Charlotte yeah, sports, sports park. Like, I feel like you could do something like the last Clearwater, game, your, your final something. spring training game. Yeah, I know a couple of spring training games. Could, you could have one at Steinbrenner Field, and then you just drive from there to St. Pete. I mean, I think it. Yeah, you do a, a Tampa, Lakelands, Dunedin, St. Petersburg route. I think yeah. that could have been something there. So that's the only thing that that kind of disappoints me about that. 
Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm looking at the calendar right now. March 28th is a Sunday. That's really nice. Okay. And it's against the Braves, you said. Maybe we could uh, put a little plan together to uh, go to that game, bud. Yeah, we might have to do that. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Locked on Rays listeners want to be part of the action and join us for that. We could, we could schedule something with that. So yeah, that that's what, uh, you know, pretty busy weekend as far as uh, Rays news and baseball news as well. It's getting closer pitchers and catchers reporting this week. I mean, before (sighs) you know it, unless there's another pandemic, you know, coronavirus (laughs) 2.0 or something, no, things no, down, knock on wood. Yeah. No, hey, the, the, the cases are going down. That's nice. The vaccine rollout is apparently getting a little bit smoother. Like, let's just hope for positivity and that this damn coronavirus yeah. is, is over with uh, sooner rather than later, bud. Oh, I'm in a great mood because at the Super Bowl party I was at last weekend, uh, three members of that 10 person party caught the COVID. Oh so, my myself I'm and my girlfriend that got you did not. off scot free. Wolf. I don't know how we did because I was sitting next to one of the persons that caught Lucky. coronavirus on the couch. You, you know, you, you're just, you know, you're just no mask, uh, by the way, no mask. I know. Oh I, my gosh. You're it, it was kind of a wake up call. It was kind of a wake up call. I'm going to be honest that you're acting like that 19 year old in college who just goes on the hoods of cars and, and tells his yeah. friend, Hey, go, go faster. I can do this. This is fun. Or, uh, or uh, I don't even want to make this joke. Let's, okay. <laughs> College, time for experimenting. You get around yeah. a little bit. It's, it kind of has yeah. that feel to it. So there, there we go. go. We should end the show on that note. Okay. Please. Uh, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and talk to you on the